This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we wonder what our kids will remember. Biz turns a corner, it's weaning day for Teresa, and we talk to Julie Snyder, co-creator and executive producer of the podcast Serial. Woo! How exciting. Totally. How are you, Teresa? I'm good. (laughs) Good! (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Great. Um, So I didn't tell you last week that I had started weaning Oscar like Mm -hmm. well started okay I've been like gradually weaning him all along but we were on like just one like nursing at bedtime like one feeding a day for a while all right hold on let's I've been feeling we need to do a quick check in on how old our children are oh yeah sure sure so So my eight-year-old son Oscar (laughs) um you may have seen him he's on Game of Thrones um no um uh he's 17 months old okay uh and my older child simon is three and a half okay and uh katie just so everybody knows katie bell mine oldest is five and ellis is uh, well i guess 16 months (laughs) i probably 16 months gonna go with whatever one month that's the way you'll be doing this his whole life his whole life is just that's right just thinking about oscar and then oh was it oscar's birthday then it must be ellis's birthday birthday must be coming up Uh, All right, so 17 months. Okay, okay, so you've been... Yeah, so we've been, like, gradually weaning, and then we were just down to one feeding a day, like the bedtime feeding, and that's been going on for a couple months. Okay. And I was starting to feel like we're getting close to kind of being ready, because it didn't seem like he was really nursing that much at bedtime. He always wanted to, but it wasn't, like, that much. Right. And, um... I, you know, I was just starting to feel ready, you know, especially like date nights. It makes it kind of hard if yeah. I'm always going to be there at bedtime because Oscar goes to bed at like 8 or 8.30. Right. So that means we can't really go out till after that. It gets late, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Just starting to feel ready. And then like a week ago, we had this night where he was trying to nurse and there was just no milk. Yeah. Like there was just none there. Yeah. And which was weird because that never happened with Simon. Like um, the last the last feeding for Simon was the morning feeding. And right. I, I think he got a lot more because I think he was hungry at that time. Yeah. So he would like nurse a lot. So when like I finally cut Simon off, I had I was still like my you boobs hurt thing. for like yeah. two weeks. It was like a whole thing. With Oscar, it was like, we were just going to nurse, and literally there was nothing there. And I was like, oh, well, we'll just like try again tomorrow night, you know? And it was fine. It wasn't yeah. a big deal. It was a little frustrating, but it was okay. And so then I was like, you know what? Maybe this is like a sign yeah. that it's just time. And so I was like, fine, this is time. And so then, yeah, like, I didn't really say anything last week when it started right. because I just wasn't sure how I felt about it because yeah. it sort of felt like it snuck up on me like as much as I was preparing for it Still. like because it sort of happened like I'm grateful that I that it that I like made itself apparent to me before right. I had to decide like it, it yeah. helped but I was still just kind of like, wait, is this happening? And then I wasn't sure it was going to stick. Right. I wasn't sure how much Oscar was going to like flip out. Well, he's been fine. Like every night it took like last night was the first night that he didn't like specifically ask for it. So yeah. it was like a week of nights where him him asking for it. But then like just OK if I said, oh, it's all gone. We're not doing that. And then I'll like hug him and sing him a song. And we just it was fine. He's like 
it's like fine yeah and then it was just weird because like i didn't have like the engorgement at all because yeah. i think it was pretty much your body done. was done it yeah. was kind of done and like so that was kind of nice i kind of kept expecting that to How the happen well i feel okay but <laughs> you know what's weird is that like i honestly think i kind of went through it when we were like decreasing, decreasing the feedings. It. like i felt way crazier like when I dropped the morning feeding. I felt right. way crazier when I dropped the midday feedings. Right. Like I I did. I really yeah. felt like intense like sadness. I wanna have another baby. Yeah. Like my baby's growing up. You know, whatever. Yeah. And now it's so weird. Like I feel kind of bewildered by the whole thing. Yeah. Cause well, this it's... was this is what happened with Katie Bell. Okay. Remember Katie Bell like kind of weaned herself off at like seven months. Yeah. And my body also kind of stopped making milk at seven months. Yeah. And we just we just stopped. Yeah. And, it, and just like you said, it really kind of wasn't that big a deal yeah. because she'd also been taking bottles the whole time. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was the only sustenance right. in her life. Yeah. It was totally like a whatever. Yeah. And then with Ellis, because it was such a hard stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going out of town for a week and I didn't prepare. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was. And he was and nursing a, a lot. And he was a nursing a lot. And yeah. it was an emotional punch in the nuts. Yeah. That was like the worst. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this is. Funny, I know how things yeah. just are different. It's just each different. Time. Yeah, it's just different. Well, good. So, good job. Yeah, thanks. Good and job. Yeah, good for you. Good I for mean, Oscar. Okay. Yeah. Good for everybody. Yeah, it's all good. I'm very happy. To I, hear guess. That. I, I guess. I guess that's what I'm. You gotta have another for. baby. <laughs> Definitely. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. Now you can get started, right everybody. We need a season four. We need. We need year four. Needs to be filled out. It ain't gonna be me. <laughs> it ain't gonna be me. Actually, I have an appointment next week to go back on the pill. <laughs> so don't get your hopes up. Can I poke holes in the pill? <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm going. How are you? I I am here to report. I think I have turned a corner oh. in my emotional well-being. Okay. I feel a giant shift Mentally, ooh, uh, as as biz, okay, as a mom, okay, as a partner, as everything. Oh. I, I really feel like is it because everybody's healthy all of a sudden? Yeah, I know, no. I feel like, and maybe it's just that, like you know, we're set. We're sixteen months in. Yeah, it's been months since the. I mean, my, maybe my hormones are finally all mm. you know uh, mellowed back out. But I definitely feel that the postpartum has has cleared wow for like or at least i'm you know i mean it's depression you're always gonna have bouts of it here and there and i'm not saying that like but like the triggers aren't triggering me like they were i feel generally happier whoa um and it's something that's been happening for probably about two weeks where i've really been kind of aware of the emotional change Uh and i just i just felt like i should share it because i know so many of uh, us listeners yeah. and moms and dads, you know, go through these sort of emotional roller coasters, mm-hmm. and 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 especially after having a baby. And uh, for those people who uh, have dealt with some postpartum, or even just the really hard times that is the first year of a baby, yeah. <laughs> which like it's sort which of is, who cares if you are diagnosed right. like, or not? Like a fucking if you're baby is hard. That, yeah. <laughs> Just Babies will really strip hard. you emotionally. Yeah. Um, that things things shift. Things can shift. Things can shift. So and, what did and, you do? Like what made? What? Well, I mean, I think it was clearly it was. I mean, I I credit a lot to going to therapy. 
Mm-hmm. I credit a lot. To you mean coming here, right? This and coming here. I'm just kidding. No. Well, obviously, I think coming here and Thank venting you. every week is very helpful and therapeutic. Um, but also therapy. Yeah. Uh, Actual therapy. Also, uh, just, and yes, uh, you know, what goes on here in the show and what our listeners give us back mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, their comments and the Facebook and all that, it really does, it really did allow me to take the time to say, I know that that's what this is right now, and I'm going to let all this happen, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, until it doesn't need to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I just feel like it's it's better. Cool. So I just wanted people to know that it's better. Yeah. But you know what all of that has nothing to do with? Hmm. <laughs> what we're going to talk about today on the show, <laughs> <laughs> which are the memories that our children will have of their amazing, perfect childhood. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. I feel the best way to set up today's topic yeah. is to share a little something that happened to me recently. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I was taking Ellis and Katie Bell to this park that we have in Pasadena that people call the Pirate Park because it's the super- Oh, that's where we had our yeah, meetup. We had our meetup yeah. there. It's a super awesome park. It's themed like a pirate ship and there's the sandbox. It's great. Um, and it is located behind the one of the local swimming pools, aquatic centers, where I used to take Katie Bell from the time that she was like three, three and a half. Yeah, basically three to four and a half. I took her there swimming for swimming lessons. And we would go two to three times a week, depending on what class we had signed up, every week for like a year. Uh, and we would go, we'd play at the pirate park in the morning, we'd go do our swimming lesson, and then we would come out, and there was like a little fountain, and we would sit there and have our lunch. And it was just this really lovely thing yeah. that we did every day. Yeah. And to be honest, at the time, I was like, it's this thing we're doing to get us to the nap. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah. it wasn't that sentimental to me at the time. It was just what we that were doing. That was what you did, yeah. So we're at the pirate park the other weekend. And I was like, oh, Katie Bell, don't you remember, you know, coming here? This is where we used to come. And I was getting very sentimental, mm-hmm. sentimental about it. We'd have our lunch there. And we'd do, no. What do you mean, no? No, I don't remember coming here. I, she, by the way, she's five and a half now. And I was like, you don't remember coming for swimming lessons? And like, Miss Joanna and the teacher and like Riley, our little friend. And we would come out, we'd have a little lunch and we'd, you'd jump all over those rocks and we'd play at the play. You, really? And she's like, no. I, I, it began to make me a little nuts. Like, yeah. My first reaction was, this fish in the cement. Yeah. You don't remember calling this fish yeah. out. And, I, and then I got really sad about it for two reasons. One, because I was like, I, how do you not remember this? This is really nice. Yeah. And this was like pre-Ellis yeah. time that we had. Yeah. And how am I supposed to help you, my child, if you're ever having a moment feeling like, we're not, I'm not giving you as much attention as say I'm giving Ellis. If I can't remind you or like, we can't remember this stuff that we did together. You know what I mean? That like, I was providing as much time for you as I'm now giving Ellis. Right. You know, you want her to know that. Yeah. I want her to know that because I think that will help her, you know, balance the scales a little bit. Um, And it really bothered me that she 
getting to remember because it was like it's like saying I don't remember my freshman year in college to me a little yeah, bit. You know, like it was such totally. a big thing. Um, so that's kind of what is leading to this discussion is like what what do our kids remember? Yeah. What will they remember? So I, I, I wanted to like lay that out as yeah. the as the sort of beginning of this discussion. And I wanna I guess go into you know, what are your memories of childhood? I mean, like what's the earliest memory that you have of being a kid? Because, yeah. again, I think we all kind of sit around and are like, I remember everything. Yeah. But you don't. Yeah. 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 It's hard. I mean, like, I remember little bits and pieces. I remember, I remember, like, my house that I lived in until we were, until I was seven, which was, like, the longest we lived anywhere when I was right. a kid. And I remember, like, playing there and, like, things about the house. I remember there was, like, a fountain way in the back that I used to go, like, explore with my cousin. And, like, I remember, like, it's hard to know, like, how early I'm remembering. I know there was a time when my sister um, felt, we were at my grandparents' house and she was sleeping on the couch and she rolled off the couch and hit her um, Mm. head on the coffee table that was glass and right. cut her like I like right yeah. on her eyebrow and there was like blood gushing and I and the I was the first one that like saw it and noticed it and like called for my grandma and blah 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 and so I must have been five yeah or something but and like I'm sure I remember bits and pieces earlier than that but well, like the, I guess not so, I'm, really you know what I mean like not yeah. I don't. I wouldn't know specifically how old I was or what I was. Yeah. Okay. Me too. Like I definitely have no. I have. I have like. I remember seeing a box of diapers. You yeah. Know, like up on a countertop. Yeah. You know. I remember. Yeah. You know. Uh, playing on the ground in the kitchen with my cars while my mom was cooking. Mm-hmm. I, I remember. Yeah. Bits and pieces. Yeah. But here's here's the thing. Listening to you. Yeah. Do you remember any special bonding time between you and your parents? I know. Like swimming lessons and going and having little lunches. That I mean, like, that's <gasps> making me crazy. Things. I know. Like that, know. my poor, our poor mothers. I know. And fathers. I know. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, is it that our memories of childhood don't really get too specific until, like, you're too old to be doing anything bonding with your parents anymore. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. think about all the time you spend with Simon and Oscar. Yeah. All you put in. Yeah. And then think about, like, when they're, like, 11, 12, 13, and yeah. they're so much more independent. It doesn't mean you're not still doing stuff for them. Yeah. But it's not the 24-hour a day, yeah. like, involvement. Like, physical Like, that you can wind yeah. up doing. And like, yeah, not maybe not the same level of intimacy all the time. Yeah. Okay, but here's the question, though. Like, do you think it's necessary? Like, why do you think it's necessary for them to remember specific memories? Like, don't, don't you, like, um, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, all of that stuff, like, all of the bonding, it's just like the newborn time. Like, right. that stuff goes to creating the bond that makes you have the relationship that you have with your kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Like Katie Bell not remember not remembering that she's at the pool, like that's weird on the one hand, <laughs> but like your relationship with her is of that is right. like came from you know what I mean? Like that is like 
it's in her. Like it's in you. Do you know what I'm saying? No, like, I know what you're saying. And it, I, I, it's I, not like it doesn't. It's not like it never happens. Yeah. It. It's just. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I know what you're saying, and I think that I, I think why this threw me for such a loop is that I felt that, and I'll 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 want to know what, like what you think about Simon's memory, yeah. but like for Katie Bell, between the ages of like one and four, she she talked pretty early. I mean, she walked pretty early or whatever. She talked pretty late. So I guess maybe like one, two when she was talking uh-huh. to four. She was she had a crazy memory. I mean, she uh-huh. could remember stuff from when she was like between one and two. She could remember like Easter stuff. She could remember like my sister. But like, how did you know that? Well, like, she would tell you... me it too. She would be like, when she could so, talk, she could say the Easter egg that was hiding yeah. under the couch. Like she would remember, it was this, cry- and you know, like all parents, I just assume everybody's kid is just like that. Yeah. Her memory was super crazy. She could remember, if she hadn't seen uh, my sister or my parents in a couple of months, mm-hmm. she knew exactly who they were when they walked in. She could point them out. You well, know what I, I mean? was going like, to use that as an example, okay? Because I think that's two separate kinds of things. Like okay. one thing is recalling stuff that happened in the past. Uh-huh. That is really unusual for a two-year-old to be able to recall. Okay. Well, she's a genius, guys. Okay. <laughs> no, specifically like yeah. to say, to rem- we don't know what they remember necessarily, but the fact that she it remembers well enough, and, but uh, can also like cite it, s- like report yeah. it back yeah. to you. This happened. Yeah, that usually doesn't happen to like three or four. Okay, she was, and that's and it's yeah. so, and that is like something that takes practice, like their ability to do that. And yeah. like, but I I see that as separate from. So that's interesting. I, that makes me totally understand why you're so infuriated about the pool thing. Yeah, because right, so it's stop, like, yeah, we'll stop right there and be like, so, yes, yes, because that, she was remembering because, fucking right, everything. So you're like, yeah. this stuff. Of course, she's remembering everything. This is all having yeah, like I'm an totally impact. I'm totally wrong on her, about like, baby memories. Right, she's got to remember everything. This so, is great. Yeah. yeah. So I totally get that. And then, but the thing about. Um, the thing about her remembering, like, your family, yeah. I was going to use that as an example of why none of the other stuff matters. Because, like, mm. I feel the same way about my kids. When when Simon was a baby, I've said this before, like, I was nervous that he wouldn't have a strong bond with my parents and my siblings because we don't live in the same place as them. Right. And I was worried about, oh, every time they visit, it's going to be this, like, get-to-know-you phase over yeah. again. And that's going to be so, like, not... Fun. Like fun, yeah. It's just not not real. Like I want yeah. them to like really love each other and like really know each other, and for my kids to feel really comfortable with them. And I did not need to worry about that because although I don't know specifically what my kids remember about my family, like and Jesse's family too. It's like they see these people a few times a year, and the minute they see them again, it's there. Um. Like and it's. I don't know what they remember specifically, but yeah. the bond, the immediate like trust and like friendliness and comfort is there. Right. Like, there's no it's totally different from like memory seeing of, friends yeah. or seeing yeah, or yeah, mem- right. memories of specific things, which I don't know what they're remembering. But like I know that's why I can like rest assured that those memories are for some like even if they don't remember the time that we went to the pool and did blah 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 or yeah. the time that, you know, mom forgot that the Easter egg hunt was going to be the day before or whatever. No, I'm just kidding. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like the stuff, it's still like going in. Like it's still going in in like some meaningful way. Okay, well this is good. So let's shift then to the pressure that we continuously put on ourselves for the memory thing. Because I think there's two 
pressures that happen with this, with kids' memories, as the parent of the kids. One is this, like, pressure to create the most amazing memories. Like, oh, your birthday is going to be this amazing Mm -hmm. thing. And, like, because forever you're going to remember. And, like, or the perfect vacation or the perfect summer experience. I mean, I feel like somehow we get kind of crazy about that. Yeah. And then... And then the other pressure of what's my kid gonna remember? Oh yeah. Well, clearly the answer is nothing. Yeah. Clearly the or not the things you want them to remember. Yeah. Not the things you want them to remember. So, like, do you feel pressure? Do you feel pressure to do that? I do. But what's funny is like hearing you talk about it. It's making me realize I do feel pressure, (laughs) but my pressure is not so much. Like my pressure is because I want to be able to say to them like. Years later, show them a picture and say, we went and did this thing and we had so much fun. Like, I almost think like... (laughs) You're doing it to make that... It's sort of like the opposite of the like classic Jewish mother guilt. This is what we did and this is how I... (laughs) No, it's like I want... Like, I... The reason I want to make memories, not just like obviously to like have fun times together. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Great. But, like, what I'm thinking about is I think there's something really special about talking about something that you did together mm. before. Like, your example of the pool situation with Kato, right. had you not been, like, out of your mind, like, <laughs> like pissed and confused yeah. and, like, just in right. shock that how could this be, it might have been nice to say, like, when you were two or when you were three, we used to come yeah. there and, like, have this time and, like... I know that when I do that kind of stuff with Simon, he's like, oh, when I was a baby, did I do? And yeah. they'll ask questions about it. And it's kind of it's kind of cute because if they don't remember, you're kind of like telling them a story about themselves. Yeah. And they like, I don't know. With, I it, I think they like it. You know, oh, that's like, interesting. And yeah. so it's kind of like um part of like building your family story. You know, like as you get older, like you can say like, and we do this every year and we do that. And like we did this and we, you know, so when is you that turn more four, about your blah, memory blah, blah, blah. or is that more about? I think it's yeah. for, I think it's like, I mean, I think it's for the whole family. The like I think it's like yeah. building a positive like family story together, okay. oh. which is funny because it's still one step removed from like present like living in the moment right. and like enjoying your family in the moment Ugh. but like I kind of do that the moments are horrible yeah what enjoyment <laughs> no but you know what I'm saying like there's something very like I think it's very um like good for everyone to like have that family story of like we've we oh, do we've nice. done these things together. We these are the kinds of things we do. You know what I mean? it's just like how you guys have like pancake Sundays or whatever. Yeah, movie yeah, pancakes. You know what yeah, I mean? We like do, we do pancakes every I Sunday feel morning. Like it's like movie. that. You know? Yeah. So it falls more into these sort of traditions. for us that's like a tradition. But I guess you're right, that will wind up standing out yeah. uh, to our kids as like this family memory. Or a thing that we do. Yeah. Oh, so maybe it's when I think of childhood memories for my kids uh-huh. they really are more family memories that i'm looking <laughs> that Maybe. i'm looking for them because yeah. other child i have certainly have memories of childhood that have nothing to do with my family True. you know what i mean like yeah. my friends summer camp right you know that time i kept my foot yeah. open and you know like i mean like those kind of things that are really much less about my what my mother did for me or yeah. my father did for me, though I have lots of those memories. You know, it's weird that I've suddenly turned this into, 
all her childhood mm-hmm. memories have to be about what we did as a family as yeah. opposed to, or let's get real, yeah. what I did for, for her. her. This is so true. Uh, is let's so just true. Get, well, I think that's what I was trying yeah. to go for. I was like, yeah. why? Where yeah. does that pressure come from? Like, yeah. I know, like, I guess one for me that keeps coming up on my, like, crazy, if only... Pinterest board, yeah. which is really what I should call it. I should call that Pinterest board, if only not Kids Backyard. Right. But like my Kids Backyard Pinterest board is totally just this magical collection of this amazing backyard and like this feel of like summer and exploration and like forest and camp and everything that's supposed to be crammed in my backyard. Right. That's supposed to be like the thing that anchors her childhood for some reason in my head. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Or like, yeah. you know, does her room look enough like the land of Nod? Because that's going to make her like really remember her childhood. Yeah. This mad- like I, there's like a weird... It's not just I want to create positive memories, but I think there's like a weird pressure, whether I take it seriously or not at times. Mm-hmm. It's still floating around in my subconscious that there's supposed to be something super fucking magical about her childhood mm-hmm. memories. Yeah. By the way, clearly Ellis is not going to have any memories. No. <laughs> He's only a year and a half into the family. We're not going to talk about the collective quite yet. <laughs> well, um, that's, Okay, so that's making me think about this one other aspect of this. Okay. All right? So... We're also not giving our kids, like, any credit for all the stuff they are remembering. <laughs> like, think about how much they must be learning every single fucking day. Like, they way be... more than we are. Oh, and, yeah. and they're, mem- like, that's memory. That yeah. they're u- Like, I didn't go to the potty when I needed to pee and I peed my pants. Okay, right. I won't do that again tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just little things about learning to be a person in the world <laughs> are, yeah. like, kind of more pressing for them to be nothing y- is more pressing than our adorable swim <laughs> lessons and fountain time but like what's what's kind of nice though is that you and katie bell d- okay i'm totally spinning this for the positive but i can't help it you guys like this is how my brain works <laughs> but but like your her experience with you going doing that every like for like right. two days a week for however many months you guys did that it's kind of like beautiful that like sh- that's kind of taken for granted and like mixed yeah. just mi- blended into her memory because like you are what's anchoring her childhood like right. you your relationship with her i guess <laughs> But do you get what I'm saying? Like I, do, that, I do get what like, you're saying. She's not like her memory. Like maybe, the, maybe like her brain didn't need to like. Well, you it's, know why, what I'm it's why we don't remember the specifics of childhood in yeah. terms of things like that because yeah. that is how the human brain. I mean, yeah. blah blah blah. Our general discussion. Yeah. You and I know nothing about the human brain other right. than True. it is vast and expansive, and we yeah. don't use enough of it. Yeah. And like, and parts stuff, of it make us sad. Right. <laughs> Stuff comes in, stuff gets crammed somewhere, you know, like, clearly, clearly there's some science going on with it. Um, I think it's, I think maybe, you know, maybe it's just more of a like, okay, weird kids don't have the, you know, brain capacity that adults do to remember things the same way that they will one day as an adult. And two, we should take the fucking pressure off ourselves about yeah. what they're going to... Because, you know, we get a lot oh, of calls. Yeah. You know, like, the fails are so funny. Yeah. But a lot of times I think, you know, we get these fail calls. And there's a part of us all that are like, uh, did I just screw my kid up for life? Yeah. And, and the answer is no. Yeah. Because clearly they're not going to remember it. Right. You know, they yeah. really aren't. Yeah. You know, not... Or at least not in the way that we as adults... 
right. may remember the experience. Right. Um, it's it's sort of like the old, let's go back and watch it, you know, watching the Charlie Brown Halloween special. And as an adult, you're like, Jesus, those kids are mean to each other. Yeah. But when you saw it as a kid, you never thought twice no, about it. you just you're, watched it. You just yeah. watched it and it was enjoyable. And yeah. It, Felt like you were watching kids you knew. Yeah. It wasn't like you became a serial killer because of watching it. Yeah. Just like your kid is watching it as a kid, not as a grown adult who has been picked on or bull- You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I feel like that applies to the memory thing a little bit. We should take the pressure off of we've ruined our kids. They're right. only going to remember these horrible things or that childhood wasn't perfect enough. Yeah. Because they're not. Hey, Biz. Yes, Teresa. Do you remember when you were about to have a baby? I'm trying not to, but yes. <laughs> Didn't you want to look and feel good without spending a ton of money on maternity clothes and nursing clothes? Yes, as a matter of fact, I did. Okay. <laughs> so there's bumpglow.com, which what? we should have known about at the time. Uh, yeah. But bumpglow.com <laughs> has stylish and name brand maternity clothes and nursing clothes, and it's affordable. Really? Yeah. So I would have liked that a lot. Yeah, it would have been really nice. Um, but yeah, you, you can look great without breaking the bank. You go to bumpglow.com. I'm going to have to get pregnant again so I can do it right this time. Me too. <laughs> hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206 350 9485. That's 206 350 9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Please give me your genius. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. So we keep a little mat on the floor next to Simon's bed just in case he might roll out. He doesn't really do it anymore, but right. um, it, it it's possible. And also, I sit there with him at bedtime, yeah. and it's more comfortable <laughs> on my ass to like be sitting on a little pad. Nice. It's kind of like a futon, like a little fold-up uh, pad. I noticed the other day when we were at home and everybody was sick and we were restless and couldn't go to the park and blah, blah, blah. That I could just prop up one corner of the futon onto the little couch that's in the boys' room, and it made like the perfect ramp. Mm. And they can like tumble on it and not get hurt. Yeah. And they can like toss their cars, their cars can drive down it, nice. and like their animals can like play on it. And even like my one of our dogs was playing with them <laughs> on it. And so Every day now, instead of just folding up the futon in the morning and, like, tucking it in the corner, I just set up the ramp. Nice. And it's just there. And, like, they play with it. Like, they it's, they, they incorporate it into their games and their activities. And it's been something that draws them to play in their room more, which is wow. really nice. And, yeah, it's awesome. Good job. Yeah, thanks. That's nice. Uh, Play-Doh. I made Play-Doh. Whoa. I know. This is Whoa. a big one, guys. Whoa. I have, that has been sitting on me. Don't old, you like hate Play Doh? I fucking hate Play Doh. Yeah. I especially hate real Play Doh. 
Um, that stuff cracks and dries in a heartbeat. And yeah. It's very boring. Yeah. I'm sorry. You cannot cram that into so many donuts or mm-hmm. like, that's crazy hair. It's not. It's no. gr- and then it all, ugh. Yeah, anyway. It sucks. And the but, little crumbles. The crumbles uh, everywhere. I anyway. fucking hate Play-Doh. Right. I do not let it in my house. But... I have been, you know, perusing my late night wine drinking Pinterest board okay. cruising. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that make your own Play-Doh. Uh-huh. Make it at home. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I just felt it was like one of those days where we were all going to be trapped inside mm-hmm. for a very long time. And it was going to be a long day. Mm-hmm. And you know, at six o'clock in the morning, it's going to be a long day. So I made this Play-Doh, this recipe that this woman was like, it's really great. It stays really soft and it lasts like six months. And I was like... All right, I have all these ingredients. I'm going to do it. And I did it. And it made a shit ton of Play-Doh. <laughs> and the kids played with it a lot. And it is really soft. Nice. And it doesn't crumble or dry out. Ooh. And I just made it into a ton of balls and put it in a Tupperware container. And they just used the cookie cutters on it. And we all just sat around on the floor making worms. And so that's all you can make with Play-Doh is worms. Um, you know, the worm. Now it's a centipede. Now it's a worm. Now it's a centipede. It's a pencil. It's Uh, a ball. It's a ball. Now it's a snowman. It's a pancake. Now it's a pancake. Yeah, I fucking hate (laughs) Play-Doh. But the kids enjoyed squashing it (laughs) and beating it. And Ellis enjoyed it a lot. Mr. Tactile Kid. Yeah. Anyway, I just felt like it was like one of those moments where you're like, I'm doing this incredibly mom thing right that now. That was a very mom making thing of you to do. Making some fucking Play-Doh. You know what's even more mom than making Play-Doh? <laughs> Sitting during your wine time at night and scrolling Pinterest for Play-Doh ideas. That is like the most mom thing it I've is. ever heard. This is me, everybody. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Hi, Devin Teresa. I decided to tell you about a genius moment I had last night because, honestly, I don't think anybody else gives a fuck. (laughs) So, all my kids, all four of them, were at each other's throats, and they were screaming at each other because so-and-so hit me, and -and so-and-so's looking at me, and I don't want to be your sister anymore. And they were just being complete hellions, and honestly, I was about to lose my shit. And I remember you're your episode about keeping our calm and so I poured myself a glass of coffee nice big cup of coffee (laughs) and I sat down and I told myself I can hear them screaming that means they're alive (laughs) and if one of them isn't alive I'm sure the other three will tell me and I sat there and I enjoyed my coffee and I made them hash it out themselves because honestly they need to learn life skills without me meddling (laughs) and that's part of my job as a mom another part of my job is drinking my coffee because that's huge (laughs) hope you guys are having a great day goodbye Good. Yeah, good job. job. I just love that there is that moment where your kids are kind of like at that place where you're like I go in there or they're just gonna fucking beat the shit out of each other and then they'll (laughs) stop you know what I mean like you know the lesson can come post Everybody's screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to come in the middle. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Good job. Way to drink some coffee. Way to drink some coffee. Have some you time. Cruise some Pinterest. Failures. Fail me, Teresa. Fail. 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 You suck. I'm pretty sure this is a fail. Okay. We keep leaving places like really. <laughs> quickly like after we like kind of just got there like I feel like 
we're not like really doing outings. Like, mm. and this weekend it really drove oh, it home. Like, my mother in law was visiting, and we wanted to do like some stuff with yeah. my mother in law, and like go and like take the kids and like again make some memories right. and. Like, we went to the beach, and it's kind of a drive to get to the beach, and we packed the whole car, and, like, we even, like, picked up some new sand toys, because our sand toys were trashed, and, Mm -hmm. like, we were really, like, prepped for this, and we were down at the beach having an amazing time. We were there for, like, maybe an hour and 20 minutes until people started started to get hungry for lunch, and so we kind of cleaned up and went up onto the beach for lunch, and we had lunch. Like, by the time lunch was over, I could see Simon was, like, basically rolling in the sand, like, about to fall asleep. <laughs> and then, like, people needed, Jesse needed to go to work, and, like, just things were happening. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think I can do this kind of, like, on my own with Simon about to yeah. be asleep. So we just got everybody in the car and drove home. And by the time we were home, it was, like, 2 o'clock, and everybody <laughs> was awake from their nap. Yeah. And, like, so it was, like... We were only gone for maybe a grand total of like four hours. Like that's a huge deal. But including dr- like including uh, yes. driving, yeah, we were barely at the beach. Okay, we were barely at the beach. All right, and then like whatever, we had the whole afternoon to I don't know like fuck around at the yeah. house, you know. And then the next day again, we had this like plan, and I was like, maybe we should do it after the nap right. because like people have more energy and like nobody's hungry for lunch. And, yeah. And, like, by the time we got to Descanso Gardens, they were going to be closing in an hour. So we were only... And then, like, again, it was just... I feel, And I, I feel like it this happens to like us every weekend. It like, feels every like time. you guys go I feel out. Like, I, and I feel like we're leaving too soon for at least one of the kids every time. Um, like, where I didn't even really get them to, like, really get their yayas out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we didn't even do it. Really. Right. And it's very... Frustrating. Oh, it's super frustrating. Because it feels like a lot of effort for, like, almost no payoff. That's why we go nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's... that's Well, I'm sorry. That does sound... That sounds frustrating and horrible. That definitely sounds like a Teresa emotional fail. It's a Teresa emotional fail. And, like... you've probably scarred them for life because you've ruined their (laughs) memories. I just feel like we haven't... I need to, like, shadow a family with a ton of kids. (laughs) I know, right? And, like, see how they do it. Because, like... I would like to do that Or maybe just deal with, like, people living with discomfort for longer. (laughs) Like, it's okay if somebody's hungry for a while. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like... Anyway, well, I'm whatever. impressed you left the house. Thanks. Despite ruining it for your right. children. Yeah. Uh, my fail is, uh, okay, if you were to open my car door <laughs> and then sit down in the driver's seat and then close it, this is what you would see. So in the you know, the little pocket that's on the door, the side of the door, like the, you know, yeah. the plastic, mm-hmm. that is filled to the brim with just disgusting used tissues because I've been sick forever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then you slowly move around and the whole bottom of the front is like sweatshirts and sweaters oh, yeah. that like as it's cold in the morning and they just like pile up oh, and then yeah. like in the seat again, like there's more tissues oh, and there's yeah. like a shoe. And it's not even a baby shoe, it's like one of my shoes. Sure. I don't even know why there's just one there. Sure. There's definitely just sticky in between, like spilled coffee sure. and it's like this really old stuff. And mm. then you move to the back and that's where there's like oh. the the like, ow, somebody left a knife in here? No, that's a <laughs> banana peel. That is a dried up banana peel because <laughs> Team Banana crams yeah. that shit everywhere. And then yeah. like, there's like a happy napple I found. There's definitely a smell now. Like my oh, car. Yeah. You leave the, a banana in your the car The car has hour. moved into such 
a horrible place over mm-hmm. the last two weeks because mm-hmm. of all the illness oh, and the like right. just trying to get from like place to place. Yeah. And it is it is a new, I believe somewhere in the past there have been previous biz car fails, but now I feel we've entered some sort of new low yeah. of, and you know, here I am feeling so much better mm-hmm. as a person, and mm-hmm. then I go get in my car of sadness, and I have to go drive around, there's still just not enough time to like clean out that car. It's yeah. really disgusting, that everybody. Sucks. I'm it so is. sorry. It is. Hi, One Bad Mother. I'm out of breath, so I'm sorry. I'm calling with a massive fail. (laughs) Massive. Okay, so my husband is gone fishing all weekend, (laughs) which I'm sure is very good for his mental health. That's great. I am home with my almost one-and-a-half-year-old, trying to get supper on the table. Went to the store this morning, forgot a bunch of crap that we needed for supper tonight, so I had to go back second time. the baby, went, got all our stuff, awesome, making some pasta and sauce, browning my hamburger, <laughs> get a pot filling with water, continue browning my hamburger, and all of a sudden it's like, what the hell is that hitting my feet? What is that? And I look, do you know what it is? It's a fucking pot overflowing with water all over my counter, all over my sink, the floor, the drawers are overflowing with water. And we just redid our kitchen floors, like, shortly before my daughter was born. And they're the kind of floors that specifically say, like, do not get standing water on these or you'll probably have to rip them out and put new ones in. So I have not called my husband to tell him this because he just called me and told me that he was stuck on the interstate with a flat tire <laughs> while towing our boat home. So anyway, massive fail shut the damn water off or stand and watch your pot fill with water. But, Mm -hmm. uh, and we have no clean towels. We have no clean towels. I couldn't even like sop it up. There are so many bad words happening. It's so good. She's watching Frozen for the second time today. Oh my. Okay. So I'm going to have a glass of wine. Thank you so much for all you do. And I hope you have a good night. Bye. Wow. The pot. That's like such a like... That, I mean, that, that goes into the category of, like, pouring the water in the coffee grinder as opposed yeah. to the coffee filled, you know, machine. That's the, like, I have cooked pasta to the point of it becoming a liquid again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just you just walk away. But to have the water flowing yeah. for that long, yeah. that is, that's a big deal, lady. Yeah. That is a big deal. That's a bummer. That is a real bummer. <laughs> it's not even a fail. I mean, it's a fail, but it is equally a bummer. <laughs> As Teresa so eloquently put it. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. Teresa, yes. Let's call a mom. Great. I am very excited. Today, we are calling Julie Snyder, who is the senior producer of This American Life and executive producer of the podcast, Serial. Some of you may have heard of it. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, We're going to start off with the question we always ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Who lives in my house? 
I live in my house. Um, I live in my house with my husband, Jeff, and uh, we have two kids, Ruby and Charlie. Can I, may I ask how old your kids are? Uh, Ruby is 12 and Charlie's 10. So you guys are like entering, you guys are in like a, a is it a, is it an in-between phase? Is it easy? Is it easy? It's really we easy. Have, we have very young children. Sounds yeah. easy. Is it, is it just way easy before they hit their teens? Yeah, it's so much easier. It's so much better. <laughs> it really is. Oh, great. Okay, good. Great. Good. That, just the best question. We should have been asking that question of yeah. people for the yeah. last three years. Yeah. Good. It's tons easier. Good. Yeah. We're I just going to believe Just hang you. in there. We're yeah. going to believe you and not assume that there's anything even possibly difficult about uh, <laughs> 10 and 12 year olds right now. Um, okay, so uh, let's move on to uh, the show a little bit. I want to talk about cereal. Uh, I, I know mil- millions of our listeners, millions. I've had <laughs> millions of our listeners. Of our listeners. I'm sorry. I Teresa listen. brought me a chocolate croissant, and I don't normally eat those. And I'm, I'm a little hyped. She's bouncing off the wall. I'm a little hyped today, so I apologize. Let me take that back. So This American Life is a yeah. show that many of our listeners are very aware of. <laughs> pretty okay. sure. And pretty sure everyone is very aware of this show. If and, not millions. If not millions. Uh-huh. Um, but I want to talk about cereal. I want to talk because it's the most. <laughs> it is the most recent show uh, through that, this American life. Through yeah. this American life, yeah. and uh, I was wondering. I guess the first thing we want to know is how does it feel to have created the perfect show for breastfeeding mothers <laughs> everywhere to listen to during that two a.m. Uh, to three a.m. middle of the night feeding session. Does that, that makes me so happy. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I had never thought of it that way. Oh, man. But that is true because the whole balancing, trying to balance the book or the magazine is always kind of a trick. And so, yeah, yeah, you're right. Listening to a podcast is a really good idea. You don't even have to turn on the lights. My kids are so old. I did not have that. Well, let's talk a little bit for real about cereal and not just its influence on breastfeeding mothers everywhere. The interesting thing, one of the things that I found very interesting about the show, and in case somebody out there has not listened to Serial or has not heard of Serial, actually, why don't we just take a moment for you to give, give us just a little synopsis of, of what you guys were trying to achieve with this podcast. Of what and of what Serial is? Yeah. Um, so Serial is uh, a 12-episode podcast telling one story over the course of 12 episodes, and it is about um, a murder case from 1999 where uh, a guy named Adnan Syed was convicted of strangling his uh, and killing his uh, ex-girlfriend. And he has a life sentence, and uh, the case was brought to us um, 15 years later um, by a family friend of his saying, I think he was wrongfully convicted. I'm convinced that he's innocent. Will you guys take a look at it? And so over the course of the 12 episodes, we both explore the story of what happened in 1999 and also document um, the host of the show, Sarah Koenig, document her reinvestigation of the case and her attempts to try and kind of figure out, could this guy who 
everyone says is so nice and, uh, you know, not a violent bone in his body and everything like that. Could he potentially, could he possibly be innocent? Or is this the person who actually really did kill his, his ex-girlfriend? Well, that's serial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay. But you guys were doing this in real time. I mean, one of the things that was exciting about listening to the show was you guys were getting calls, you guys were getting new information that was that was coming in, which just seems like a really hard thing to try and produce and keep a handle on. And how did you guys approach that? And how did you know like when an episode was done for the week? I mean, you've you've agreed to send these episodes out every week and then but the story's taking different directions week by week. That that's and I guess I guess part of why that seems so difficult for me to to put my head around is I don't think of a podcast as necessarily a live news story or a live radio story. You know, I mean I think of it as you know, I guess something that I, I guess something more uh, timeless than timely, if that makes sense. How did you guys uh, work from that? Work with that as a producer? I mean, the idea of doing it in real time is sort of yes, but no, but yes, but no. I mean, we'd been we'd been reporting the story for a year okay. before broadcasting, so in that regard, you know. So much of the sloggy work of of the reporting and the interviews and the investigation and 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 kind of consulting experts and everything like that had been done, but the real time nature was that a uh, combination that we understood once we started broadcasting that new information was going to be coming in we We knew that people would it was very likely that there were going to be people who we didn't even know existed and we didn't even know had anything to do with the story who would be contacting us and that happened um <laughs> people who had declined to talk to us earlier once they started hearing the show um broadcast they they then got in touch um other people were people who we had interviewed before and then once the show started broadcasting, they got back in touch and said they either had more to add or, you know, clarify. Um, so in that regard, we knew that there would still, we would need to be evolving the whole time. And because we knew at the beginning that, I mean, I think I knew from the very beginning, but we knew when we started broadcasting that we didn't have, and we were very upfront about that, that we had no definitive answer. Right. We knew that things would be evolving as we went forward. So in some ways, it was like, you know, we definitely had a plan. We had we had marked out episodes of, of distinct stories and, and uh, things that encompassed, it, you know, all the work that we had done in the year leading up to it. But then we also kept on having to kind of rip it apart and rebuild it moment by moment because of new information that was coming in. So it was a little bananas. <laughs> Sounds super relaxing. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I I had anticipated that part, like going yeah. into it. Like I knew that it was going to be a little crazy doing that. And I think Sarah did as well. Like cause there was a certain extent of it of being like, oh, well, we've been – you know, we've been radio producers and reporters for a long time, so we kind of understood the production part of it, like the production schedule and the edit schedule and the reporting, and we knew that we were going to get to a certain point where we were going to be on a one-to-one ratio of, of producing the week's episode leading up to the week that it was airing, you know, right. and then just starting right over. But what we didn't anticipate 
was the response to the show because we didn't think anyone was going to be listening. Okay, well, yeah, we so thought, that's, yeah, let's get yeah, into that. Podcast. Yeah, like, well, that's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a podcast. And I think what was so different and exciting about it was you guys were sort of shifting from this sort of radio model to this sort of TV model with a podcast of we're going to do X amount of episodes. We're following one story. You know, we as a society in the U.S. are way into binge watching stuff right now. We want, you know, we want to start at the beginning of Lost and watch all of it. Is anybody watching Lost anymore? What year is it? Um, <laughs> thanks, children, for erasing anything <laughs> modern or topical from my life. Or um, the new black, maybe? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, there's a Netflix. Let's watch something for eight <laughs> hours. I always have that time. Um, but you guys were sort of tackling this for the first time, which I think is a very sort of anti-the-podcast model. I mean, Teresa... I don't know how Teresa feels, but I know I feel like if I if we miss two weeks, if we take two weeks off, we're going to lose a chunk of listenership. And yet, outcomes serial, like you said, they were really people really responded to this. And I wonder how do you come out with another serial? And you know, I mean, how do you? It's like the next novel, the next album, and. Yeah, I guess, what were your expectations and how are you setting your expectations for the next show? Yeah, our expectations were very low. Um, so that was really, that that was definitely a shock to us. Yeah. Um, and, and it was something that I, I, I think we still haven't even fully gotten our head, heads around. Um, and then in terms of like moving forward for the for the next show, I think for that, like, in some ways, it's like, I do, you know, I say, well, it's not like we're in any position that is new, you know, right. like you said, like, you know, the next album or the next book or the next, you know, I mean, people have been in, in these positions millions and umpteen millions of times <laughs> and stuff. So it's just like, I mean, people seem to somehow, you know. What happens, happens. Right. The pressure's um, off a little. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's only so much we can do about it. And yeah. I, I do feel like that there, I, I have a lot of faith in how long we've been doing it. Um, and it doesn't feel, the response to the show was a bit accidental in that, like I said, just because it was a podcast, that was why we had we had pretty low expectations. Like we just had never really seen podcasting felt pretty, um, it, it felt kind of niche and small, yeah. you know, like I didn't know the, the work that we had to do before we launched of trying to explain to people what a podcast even is yeah. and like, how do you get it and yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? It just, it, 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 we definitely were all like, okay, well, we'll see how this goes, you know, <laughs> like trying to explain to my mom, like how to, you know, and I was just like, just call my little brother. You know what? Actually, just forget about it. Like, don't even worry about it. Just sit this one out. So, so for that we did, but, but on the other hand, I have, I had, I have faith in, in Sarah's reporting and, and her as a producer, I have faith in me as an, as a producer and an editor. Like, I do feel like we're, you know, we're pretty good at following our own interests. And that's kind of usually what, what we sort of always pursue is, um, just what is interesting to us. So I'm gonna just try and kind of keep on that model of, um, you know, we, 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 we will possibly replicate the success. We possibly won't, but, but there's no other way I know how to do it other than the way we've always kind of done it, which is sort of like, if it's interesting to us and, and then use the skills that, that we have to try and make it interesting to other people. 
So, well, here's, I guess, my, my mom-related or parenting-related question to all this. And because this was, I mean, and you probably, and it may not just be serial that sort of goes into this question. I'm sure there are other stories you've worked on. But, like, working on something like serial, you know, where you're following this, he was essentially a kid when he went into prison mm-hmm. uh, for murder. I, 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 I tell you, what hooked me on the show at the very beginning was um, Sarah talking about uh, what do you remember about a certain day mm-hmm. in high school? And I, I, it was such a great line, and it was such a great moment to take me as a listener to this place of, I don't know what I did two days ago. I, yeah. I really don't. And then I think about my own kids being in that situation of like, mm-hmm. can you, I mean, you know, at any age. Yeah, I, 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 as a mom. I thought it would be so much when we when we came up with that idea. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but the thing is, is it'll be so much easier for for kids now because mm. they because of social media, right? So right. they're leaving this digital footprint all the time. So all they have to do huh. is check their Instagram or look at their text messages or something like that, and then they'll be able to recreate the day. And then, so we had told people when we first started doing those interviews, you know, just kind of like yeah. random teenagers and stuff, um, we were like, yeah, but don't you, you can't look at your phone. You just have to um, go off of um, – you can talk to your friends. You can ask their, your friends if they remember, but, but you can't use your phone because that feels like it's not analogous to what we're trying to demonstrate. Right. But then I have to say so many of them were so blank, so utterly blank that (laughs) then by the end, after I got enough of their tape being like, I don't know, I really have no idea. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Then I would be like, all right, it's okay. You can look at your phone now. And then even once they looked at their phones, they still were just like, oh, I don't know. Uh, they weren't. They weren't as. They weren't as um, documented as I thought they would be. Well, okay. So, but like, so as a parent, do you you do a story like this? And again, if it's not this story, if there's another story that that had a greater effect on you, you know, does it ever change how you suddenly like see your kids or like change an approach? Do you find that happening to you? I'm not sure on this story yeah. I found it it happening to me so much. I mean, I think I would, on this story more, it certainly gave me a better look and a bit of a fear of the criminal justice system. Mm. But knock on wood, like my kids have not um, had to intersect with the criminal justice system. So, so I think like in that regard, like if something like that ever came up, um, for either my kids or for me or anyone, I think I would definitely have start having flashbacks, um, and, and warnings and stuff. But, but in terms of the story, I'm not sure that it affected much about, n- no, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like that there was a way, maybe, I don't know, since I've been a mom for, 12 years now, it's hard for me to kind of totally relate to what it would be to not be a mom. But I think like when it came to thinking about the loss of um, Heyman Lee, who was yeah. who was murdered, I think in that regard, sometimes I felt like being a mother, and so, I think in that regard of, of, of sort of half thinking about what that would be if that were my daughter, and then Honestly, those are the kinds of thoughts that a lot of times, like, I'm, it's so upsetting to me 
that I'm I'm just like I just can't I, I can't even go there. You know, yeah. I don't know if you've ever had this. Well, no, it's interesting. Of- like we always talk about, like you know, I used to watch. I mean, things that I used to watch before I had kids, I can't even turn right. on anymore. Right. And I, you know, luckily I am not in a job in which I have to. Necess- I can turn things off whenever I want. And yeah. as a reporter, as an investigator, I am sure there are, like you said, you come across things all the time that you're not allowed. You can't just turn off. Yeah. Yeah. I, if if I get what you're saying, Julie, like you you have to turn it off yeah. in your mind in a way, yeah. like to a certain extent. Like if if you can't actually just stop looking at that stuff, at least stop thinking about it. And <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I that's what I do all the time. <laughs> I know. I think we all kind of do. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Because otherwise, we can kind day. of parallel yeah. paralyze ourselves. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I know. Yeah. I yeah. Know. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining us on the show and oh, sure. talking Thanks a little bit. Me. We we look forward to the next serial where you follow a pregnant woman for twelve episodes because you know what people love to hear about pregnant women, pregnant women, pregnant yeah. women. Thank you so much for joining us, and we we look forward to uh, continuing to listen to your work and listening to thank the next you. serial when it comes out. Yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. All right, talk to you guys later. Okay, bye 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 bye. Pick up the phone when you I call. Hey, Max Fun listeners, I'm Dave Holmes, and if you've been missing my show, International Waters, then you've been missing this. Are chocolate chips a big thing in the in the UK? Like chocolate chip cookies. How behind do you think we are as a nation? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Have you heard they've managed to distill <laughs> chocolate into small drops? <laughs> what? Yeah, they're pretty big. Chocolate like, chips you... have made it to the UK. Because I don't like them. And... What? Right. And you so are you are... looking to move to a nation that doesn't? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Okay. I'm just sick of being ridiculed. I've heard Serbia doesn't have chocolate chips. Perhaps <laughs> <laughs> so I can move there. International Waters, a panel show where US and UK comedians battle for pop culture supremacy. Subscribe right now on iTunes or at MaximumFun.org. I really enjoyed her mm-hmm. because she just, you know what I also, I just love listening. I mean, I love everybody sometimes, mm-hmm. men, women, but like in particular, I love listening to a woman mm-hmm. just be like, I am really good at what I do. <laughs> and this is like yeah. what I do and this is why I do it and how yeah. I do it. And like, we're just going to trust our instincts that what we like other people will like and we're going to go from there and I really like that so much and I I thank them for doing it because of just how many people it brought into storytelling and good reporting uh, and into podcasting so uh, I thought that was really interesting good job good job I know that was excellent you know who else is doing a good job who parents Mm -hmm. you know who else moms having breakdowns you know what I like listening to? Moms having breakdowns. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, it's not a genius or a fail. I guess it's a rant and a conundrum. <laughs> I have a text message sitting on my phone, and it's from um, my youngest daughter's Daisy Girl Scout group troop leader. And she's asking what my daughter's plans are for Girl Scouts next year. And I'm trying... <laughs> to decide if I'm going to let my daughter do it again. 
I've had a horrible experience with it this year. <laughs> I think the entire cookie bullshit <laughs> yeah, completely wore on me. My kids were so creative and came up with a video to sell them. Once you sell them and it's time to collect the cookies or deliver the cookies, everyone actually still expects a full delivery. And maybe I'm out of date here, <laughs> but maybe just give me the choice if I want to drop off the cookies. Um, people would just start sending me their schedules. You know, this um, is when I'm going to be home. This is how you could drop it off. This is when I'm going to be at work. Maybe you could drop it off at the gym. I'm going to be getting my nails done at this time. You can come by when I'm getting my hair colored. I'll be there for at least two hours. I need my Not cookies. Working for me. <laughs> and the other part was actually dealing with the lady that they put in charge of the cookies. They completely <laughs> chastised me every time I went to go turn in money. And on top of that, the troop mother drives me batshit fucking crazy. <laughs> she act every meeting we get a letter back, fully documented letter, which amazes me. It's Girl Scouts, calm down. Um, but we get a fully documented letter, and about half of the letters throughout the year was her bitching about water bottles. The girls are supposed to bring a water bottle to their Girl Scout meeting. First she was bitching because not everybody brought their water bottles. Then she was bitching because not everybody's water bottle was correct. I even got called out in this mass email because my daughter's water bottle had too much condensation. She recommended a brand of water bottle that I should get for my child, along with pictures and places and addresses where I can go pick up this $15 water bottle that will work better for the entire group. But my daughter loves Girl Scouts. Oh, no. So here I am trying to decide if I'm going to put up with constant Girl Scout GDBS. Uh-huh. That was a lot of letters. Um, in order to make her happy or if I'm going to convince her that she needs to take up her Monday afternoons doing something else. Bad mom alert. <laughs> Oh, no, no, not a bad mom. Not a bad mom no, I, so oh, the inner workings oh, of a God. Girl Scout mom. So I could love that. This has got to be a common thing, though. Like all uh, yeah. of these issues, like no, no, just like for being involved in anything kids activities. in kids yeah. activities, sports, yeah. and yeah. I can remember. I have a friend whose kid got into soccer, uh-huh. and like the every week, uh, different. Parents have to, aka the mom, have to like provide the snack. Uh-huh. And like the first mom out for the year did these like oh, no. individual bags, no. like ribbons and like, no. yeah, like little drink. Like it was like Fuck. a whole thing. And I was like, Stacy, just get a watermelon and cut it up. Yeah. Fucking, but I mean, by, by then the bar had been set. Right. And it was like a whole, oh, and she brought a tent to like shade the kids and like all this. Stop. And there is something about, like, I am an overeager email writer, okay? Like, because I used to do the preschool email. Uh-huh. So I like to give people their information. Uh-huh. So I get it. I can get that side of it. Yeah. But, but you wouldn't waste but I would never time with be that like, But there is something about, like, remember, it's really simple to just spend 30 minutes cutting out ribbons and wrapping up the thing. And, like, yeah. so I'm sorry. You know what? Here's the thing. You're going to do, you're going to make the right decision. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. Okay. Either one is totally fine. It'll Either one fine. is totally fine. There's got to be another mom 
or dad whose kid is in this Girl Scout group that you can cling to, that you can like relate to, and maybe you guys can tag team off on some of this stuff. Yeah. Doesn't all have to fall on you. And, you know, I would just email that woman and be like, I need to find out how serious it is that these water bottles need to be done like this. If you've got, I mean, I think it's fair. Really? I wouldn't take time to I know, email a fucking do, woman well, about water bottles. Just don't just do ignore, it. All right, yeah. you're right. Fine, Trace is right. Ignore the water bottles. Yeah. I instead would be like, if you have a set, preference for water bottles we will then be happy yourself, we no. will be happy for you to purchase those for oh. everyone so that everybody can be uniform to the way that you want it but oh, like sorry God. but you're right ignore it just, whatever yeah let it wash just let, over let, you yeah just and you're and doing a you're good doing job such a good job oh my god and the fact that you did this already yes. for a whole season yes. or whatever it is however long girls that's last. amazing so yes. like before you make a decision going forward just stop for a second and be like i'm fucking amazing for having done all the shit yeah. that i already did exactly like, that is not going away you did that yeah that's done you did it yeah good job yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> Fuck Girl Scouts. Except their cookies, which are delicious. Um, but I would come and get your cookies. You, you're going to, whatever it's going to be, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And your child, as we all have discussed already, will remember none of this. Right. So don't worry about it. Teresa, what did we learn this week? We've learned that our children will remember nothing and that it's going to be very hard to fuck them up. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of the big ones. Right. Love them. Love. Don't hit your kids or lock them in a closet, everybody. It's not even funny. Uh, that will, in fact, fuck them up. But, you know, not the perfect birthday, not going to ruin their lives. The perfect backyard, not going to ruin their lives. You know, all the things that we do, you know, the pressure needs to be off. Our yeah. kids are going to remember whatever it is they want to remember. And all you can do and hope for is try and set up an environment in which their memory is of parents who loved them and had their backs. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. Two, you can tell your kids a nice story about something that happened in the past. <laughs> as a matter of fact, you could just make it up. Yeah. You could just or make, you can you could just, create, you could you insert can design memories. that story. You can design some memories. Now that I know that Katie Bell remembers nothing. Of our swimming experience together, I'm going to make that even more magical. That kid's going to think her her childhood was a magical pixie dust explosion of love. <laughs> uh, so, yep. So, we've learned that we can manipulate our children's memories, too. So, that's good. Those are two good things going for us. Um, other than that, I, I think it all falls into the same category of it feels like a ton of pressure in the moment mm-hmm. and long term it's not right like everything you freaked it's, out yeah. about was actually okay yeah so we should all as our uh, genius listener called in we should just pour ourselves a cup of coffee or yeah. wine or water or coca-cola mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and just sit down and relax a little bit yeah because you're all doing a really good job i wanted to talk about one last thing as we tell each other that we have done a good job uh, this week, uh, th- I-, I thought about this after l- editing our 100th show. Today is our 101th show, <laughs> uh, which is very exciting. And uh, over the couple of years we've been doing this, you know, we always end with Teresa, me telling Teresa that she's doing a good job, uh, which I believe very firmly, mm-hmm. and her telling me that I have done a good job. And if uh, one has listened to previous shows, you might have heard me blow that off yep. a lot. And I noticed as we were going through these last 
100 episodes that I actually have started fully accepting Teresa's compliments. You have gotten better. About and that. I say yeah. thank you. Yeah. And I, I just, it, it like, it hit me like a ton of bricks that this is why we're saying it and why we encourage each other to say it to each other as much yeah. as there's something about saying it every week and hearing it mm-hmm. every week where all of our excuses and all of our walls and all of our bullshit that we build up to not allow ourselves to get a compliment or to feel good about the job that we're doing really starts to break away when somebody is hammering you day after day with praise Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that it's a good thing and that eventually you do start to believe it. And I know that sometimes it can feel a little like, you know, trying to tell that mom or that dad they're doing a good job or a coworker or a friend or whatever. It can feel a little like mundane and a little Mm -hmm. like cheesy and not important, but I mean it. It's the same thing as telling your kids you love them every single day because that memory will be that that is there that you did. Totally. Um, So I I just, I want to tell you guys you are doing a good job and I hope that you guys will all start believing it as well. Totally. And can I just say, I think also if you ever feel like awkward saying you're doing a good job to someone, keep in mind that like you can say whatever you want. Right. Like that was awesome. Yeah. Totally did it. Like that was such a yeah. cool thing to do for your kid or yeah, like more like I mean, almost like any words of encouragement, like yeah. they go such a long way. Yeah, and it's it, weird to be on the other end of it and be like, Oh my God, that works. Yeah. I can't believe that I yeah, it, it, it yeah, it goes really far, guys. Yeah. And I am telling you it has gone very far for me, so Good. I appreciate it. Good. So now yeah. Let me tell you, yeah. Teresa, you are doing a really great job. Thank you. I actually really needed to hear that this week. So thank you for telling me that. And you are doing a really good job, too. Thank you. I am. We all are. Yeah. And you guys are all doing a really good job. Yeah. All of you. Yeah, you guys are amazing. You really are amazing. So hang in there, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, buzzer by MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.